This is Talk Freight. Talk Freight. And this is Craig Bliss. What's up, everybody? It is Craig. Today is Monday. So, of course, that means it's another Make More Money Monday sponsored by truckstop.com. And now, how in the hell is it already the end of January? I have no idea. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. The first month of the uh, 2020 new year is already done and passed. So at this point, everybody best be working on their new year's resolution, or you just have to wait until the next year uh, to get to that because we're already in the second month. But anyways, today we're going to talk about a few things. We're talking about direct shippers. If you guys have noticed the entire month of January, every make more money Mondays uh, up until this point has been about direct shippers. In particular, how drivers, you know, carriers, owner operators, small fleets, all that jazz can get their own shippers to rely less on brokers and more on shippers because, you know, that is the whole point of this whole logistics game going straight to the source for freight. And I get it. You know, the last video I say, you know, shippers is always the end goal. However, you can get freight from brokers. Um, but here we're just basically talking as if um, we're going direct to shippers. But before we get all that, I was just reading, um, I don't know if you guys read the uh, transport topics, transport topics rather. Um, that's one of my uh, news outlets I get all my, you know, trucking news crap from, that and Freightways. But I was just reading about how uh, there's a story of this guy. He was just sent to prison for like four or five years. I can't remember. I didn't write it down because he stole like nearly a million dollars from a trucking company in the course of like nine months. Whatever it was, it was less than a year. This dude started work for this trucking company don't know the exact details anyways they trusted him with the bank trusted him with some other important forms um, and he was able to open up like a fake bank account and divert nearly a million dollars like seven hundred thousand bucks uh from that truck company to his own bank account luckily he got caught however he was caught like four or five years later after the fact okay somehow they finally figured out maybe they checked their bank account seeing they had no money and they started to figure out what happened. Sure enough, this dude stole 700 grand, almost a million bucks in like nine months. To be honest, I'm not even shocked, you know, by that. I'm shocked that he stole a million dollars, but, or almost, but I'm more shocked he was able to spend that much damn money in such a short amount of time. I actually dug through it a little bit. It just said he bought like, you know, stuff for his personal housing. I'm sure like furniture, took some vacations and bought a car. Even all that, the most lavishes of things do not equal up to even like half that $700,000. So I wonder if that guy has like a drug problem, if he buried, you know, buried the money or what he did because he wasn't able to pay back. And now, yeah, I, I just can't think what in the hell was he buying. But, you know, that is that story was a little scary. Not only that one, there's other stories um, just like that I'm that I'm reading on Facebook. I think it was like last week. Uh, one of the guys you probably know him, Greg McClain was posting these one posters about some truck driver allegedly stealing money um, or something like that with another carry. I don't know, but I've been seeing that. I just read this and now I want to bring up something more personal. About a month or two ago, one of my good friends in the industry actually ran into the, you know, very similar stuff. But in this case, he was a victim. He was actually hired at a brokerage um slash carrier i think they were carrier first and they opened up brokerage what have you he worked on the brokerage side he was hired by someone there at that company but it turned out you know like a year later the person who hired him was actually not the owner of that company they actually had no authorizations 
uh, from the owner to hire him, let alone have him run a whole division. Uh, but he only found out when cops showed up to his door, you know, explaining the situation. Granted, since he was a victim, obviously he didn't get in trouble. But I'm noticing a lot of people losing control of their company so quick. And honestly, I don't understand it. It's definitely, you know, a, definitely a sad situation. But I just can't help to think, how in the hell do you lose control of your company, especially like your trucking company or brokerage? How does it get so big or how do you get so uninvolved? Um, you just lose control of it. I don't know if you guys have heard anything similar to those situations. It just seems like in the last week or a couple months, um, people can just, you know, lose control of the company. But not only that, you know, before we talk about getting direct freight from shippers, working more with shippers and less with brokers, I want to say this honestly got me thinking a lot more people can, you know, lose control of their company without being scammed out of it. Okay. If you, if you didn't catch that part, a lot of people can lose control of their company without being scammed out of it. Now you're probably wondering, well, how does that happen? Well, there are literally countless ways as I started thinking about it to lose your company without being scammed. But for starters, it can happen by putting all of your eggs into one basket. Now we all remember, you know, it's been probably about two, three, four weeks by now. Uh, but we all remember when truckstop.com went down and I believe DAT shortly after, but nonetheless, when those load boards, you know, went down, a lot of people started struggling. And the reason being is because they were relying on the load boards for 100% of their freight. Not only that, it can happen if you rely on just solely, you know, all your customers can't think of that auto, um, excuse me, that trucking company that went down or that sadly went out of business about six months ago or so. But I believe the majority of their freight was the uh, GM plant or something in Michigan or Ohio, it could have been. But you know, when that customer went belly up, well, guess what? The trucking company also went belly up. Granted, although their eggs wasn't in one basket, however, the majority of their eggs was in one basket and it was for that customer. And so what happened? Well, it went belly up. Just like when truck stop went down, what happened to a lot of people? People are writing on their wall, making posts, making comments saying, I cannot work today without my load board. You guys need to get under control. I was kind of banging myself in the head because I want to respond back. A lot of these people, as it turns out, are actually on borrowed time. If they're relying on one broker or one customer or run load board, essentially in borrowed time, because you know, anything can happen. And you know, truckstop.com was a perfect example of that because when they went down, a lot of people sadly, and for some reason, um, kind of went down with them. They could have just been saying that, you know, I definitely understand a lot of people want to make the situation a lot worse than what it is. But nonetheless, when your eggs are in one basket, other than spread out over multiple baskets, um, that's what happens. And now in this case, we're going to talk about putting your eggs in, you know, the brokers, direct shippers, as well as the low board baskets and not just one egg in one basket. I feel like I'm saying egg and basket way too damn much, but you guys get the point. And now, before I uh, get started on that, I want to ask a question, okay? And I already know the answer to it. But do you know the percentage of freight you take from load boards each week? What about direct shipper freight? How much of your freight every single work week is from direct shippers? What about brokers, okay? I'm sure most of y'all have an idea, but not very many of you probably know the exact answer. And now, but a lot of y'all work for direct shippers, or I bet a lot of y'all don't even work for direct shippers. And that's honestly a problem. Okay. 
And now in my group, freight brokers and truck drivers, oftentimes I see people, you know, going back and forth on rates or what have you. And a lot of times, a lot of veteran drivers or drivers who've been in the industry for a while, they're like, huh, I get like 250 mile on that rate. Of course, as an example, people start questioning, how do you get that? How do you get that? And they're like, oh, I use direct shippers or I use, you know, 5% of brokers per week. That's how um, I get these, uh, get these shippers. But nonetheless, not a lot of y'all even work with direct shippers, even though you guys beg for it. And like I said, that is a problem. But I suspect or I think, you know, the same reason a lot of you guys are not approaching shippers is the same reason you're not building relationships with the brokers uh, that you work with, you know, day to day or at least on a, uh, you know, weekly basis. And I believe that is why you are stuck on these load boards, you know, day to day. These load boards can be anything. It can be the digital brokerages. Or it can just be the low board, you know, like DAT, Trucker Tools, truckstop.com. There's a zillion of them out there. But, you know, I honestly suspect the reason why people don't go after shippers is honestly because they're stuck in old school thinking, or maybe they just don't know how to go after these shippers or don't know the right questions to ask them. And now I just found a quote. A lot of times I find good quotes for the perfect time, especially for this one. And now, of course, I always have my trusty yellow notepad here. But the quote said, I'd rather do business with the devil I know and not the devil I don't. Okay. I'd rather do business with the devil I know and not the devil I don't. And I don't blame you. But that is not how it works. And I'm going to help you to understand that. And now from this, you know, I'd rather work with the devil I know and not the devil I don't. You know, right now, everybody hates low boards. We get it. Everybody tells us all the time with the screenshots I deny in our group, freight brokers and truck drivers daily, okay? Now, the devil you know is that low board. The devil you don't know is that shipper. We're calling them devils, even though shippers are good, brokers are good, drivers are good, low boards are good, all that jazz. But I think that's why, because you guys don't know how to go after your own shippers or for some reason, you think your company's too small or not good enough or you don't have an experience, all that nonsense. You can get your own shippers. You can get your own dedicated lane for brokers. You just have to want it. And you can't say you want it if you have never tried it, okay? You have to actually, you know, you actually have to want to work directly with shippers. Have to get your mindset there first. Once you get your mindset there first, you can ask the right questions, get your company organized, your operation prepared to accept direct shipper freight if you build that relationship with them and get it, okay? Because if you don't, the moment they ask you about direct shipper freight, you will not be prepared to take it. Therefore, you say, oh, you know, Jim, <laughs> Jim Bob, I can't take it. I'm not prepared. And that won't make you look good. You'll be right back on the low boards tomorrow, doing business, getting frustrated because it's all cheap freight. But that's what low boards are for. And so you can't blame them for that. And now, as I said in the beginning, the biggest fear that I believe that people have with getting their own shippers is simply calling them. I think a lot of people don't know how to call them or they think calling them is a lot more, you know, complex than what it really is. I don't know, but you know, that is an issue is because if you're a truck driver and of course, freight broker, freight agent, whatever, you have to call these shippers. Cause I mentioned in the last video, you know, using my own personal experiences, there's not some magic low board, like a uh, truck stop low board with a list of shippers that you could just click and work with them directly. That's not how it works. And now when you call these shippers, okay, they, I guess we're going to go into when you're calling them, because that's what I want to help you with. Because for you guys to get shippers, I could talk about, you know, the B, C, D, and E, and F. 
but you guys can't even get to that until you get to EA, okay? And now more long-term thinking is understanding what you need to do and start working for it. And so when you call these shippers or you're preparing to call these shippers, you need to get the attitude of, I need a contract by the end of the call or I'm gonna be disappointed, okay? Because I can tell you, at the end of that phone call, if you have that attitude, you will be disappointed. It's the same thing of you wanna ask, you know, somebody for their hand in marriage on the first date or the first time you're meeting them. It's honestly just as tacky when you ask shippers for their freight, you know, the first time that you're meeting them, okay? It's honestly just as tacky. They may not say something to you, but you kind of get the idea when, you know, they're not giving you the freight. But nonetheless, rather than, you know, getting on the phone or approaching, you know, these shippers with the attitude or, you know, um, that if I don't get a contract, you know, I'm gonna be disappointed. Go in, you know, go to the shipper, call the shipper. However, introduce yourself to that company ask a few thought-provoking questions to learn more about the company and hope to bring them solutions, okay? And now, again, we're not looking to marry this shipper on the first phone call. So if you guys heard, I didn't say anything about offering your services or persuading them because you have the best technology, none of that. And I'm gonna bring that up again, but your questions, they need to be phrased in a way to uncover the pain points of that shipper or at least the pain points of the dude or the woman, of course, that you're speaking with at the shipper because your services should benefit those pain points because after all that is why you're in business as a professional truck driver or a freight agent okay and now i want to say this you may heard me say probably in the last couple of videos um you know my last shipper video that you need to research them before you do or before you introduce yourself and the reason being uh is this because if you call a shipper and you say something like you know hey nancy uh my name is craig at you know uh abc logistics i can haul all your freight where are you guys located that those phone calls do happen people i'm not even lying i used to work at a shipper and i used to take those you know those phone calls guess what i used to do when people would do that to me click nothing personal against them it's just that i know instantly their services will not work good for you know my business because they don't even know where i'm located that tells me they didn't even do the research and now you need to have all that research plus more when you're calling them because all that research will help you if you do it right. And now I made a video a month ago or so, maybe more um, about questions asked, you know, drug shippers, tips and tricks, all that. I would drop it in the comments. I should have got it ready, but I would drop it in the comments, you know, below after this video so you guys get an example. And now when you're asking these thought provoking questions, you need to remember what I said, and that's finding pain points. Now pain points can be a little bit difficult to find out if you're not familiar, um, but just put it this way. When you're calling shippers or even approaching them at a dock or going in there, you know, just going in there on Saturday morning to introduce yourself, remember it's not about you, okay? As I said about a couple minutes ago, you're not talking about your services. You're not talking about your technology. You're not talking about the macro point that you got and all your drivers 100% tracked. It's not about you, okay? It's about their problems. And that's very important because a lot of people try to sell services based on them and not of their customer. Okay, as I said above, it's tacky. When you ask these questions, let the people talk afterwards. You know, don't interrupt them or try to help them answer uh, the question because you know, awkward silence brings out information. And now I definitely understand, you know, when you ask a shipper some questions, it may go silent, okay? Or they may um, not answer it all the way. Like, you know, there's a little bit more information there and they're not telling you, but you feel kind of awkward, you know, asking it. Still don't ask it, don't interrupt them. And like I said, awkward silence brings out information. 
This is why it's very important for your questions not to be open-ended because you don't have a conversation, you know, with open-ended questions and answers to answer that open-ended question. Okay. It would just be like a yes or no, get off the phone type deal. If you say, do you ship drive-ins? Yes. What kind of question is that? It's none. Instead of saying, you know, do you use drive-ins? Rephrase it. Okay. Think of something else to say. Say something like, you know, um, what percentage of dry vans, you know, ship out of your St. Louis location? See if he answers. He may not know the exact answer right off the bat, but I bet you they will respond with something, you know, something to answer that, plus maybe give you uh, a little bit more information. And now, what if they say something like, well, you know, this facility or my St. Louis facility ships 50% of dry vans, but my Atlanta ships about 75% of dry vans. What does that mean to you? Well, it should mean that you got a whole bunch of new information that you can use. It's kind of like the light bulb moment because you called about the St. Louis talking about them. Now they're telling you about your Atlanta location. And now these type of examples happen all the time. I definitely know it's a poor example, but you guys understand the point that th this stuff happens all the time. And that's why it's key to keep the conversation flowing and to remember to look for pain points. Because if you're asking about dry vans and you know, St. Louis, and he mentioned they ship more dry vans out of Atlanta. Well, it looks like you have a new location to work on or at least a potential pain point you can start asking about once you further your research. And now I wanna kind of further on that. And now I mentioned this again, like I mentioned everything in other videos, when you call these shippers and you know, they're saying, hey, I'm out of, and they're out of the Detroit office, let's say, they could also be in control of freight shipping out of other facilities out of other different states. Not all shippers in different states have, you know, people in those states shipping the freight. It could be one dude sitting in office in Detroit handling all the Midwest freight or vice versa. Okay. So it's very important to hear what your shipper has to say and not interrupt them when they're talking or answering a question because you need to pick out information like that because that information is worth more than gold. Because like I said, you went and asked about one thing and they told you about a whole different thing. Okay. And now, Again, that's why it's important to keep the conversation flowing and questions like that kind of shows them that you're actually interested in them and not just a transactional, you know, relationship or transaction that you're going to get out of them because we all get it. You know, shippers, they need brokers, they need carriers. I'm not saying that in no particular order for the people on the back, but shippers, they need brokers, they need carriers, they need all that. Carriers, we need brokers and shippers too. Brokers, we need shippers and carriers too, okay? Oftentimes when you meet truckers, you know, the truck stops, they're talking about this solid account they have, you know, pumping out all this freight, or you talk to brokers saying they have list of freight, you know, pick all that you want and you know, you'll get it all. That only happens because those people built relationships with them, okay? They didn't just call somebody like Jim Bob or Nancy and say, hey, Nancy, give me all your freight and they sent them lists of it. That's not how it happened, okay? You know, maybe it was them or a person before them. They asked the right questions. They built relations with them. They figured out their pain points and a benefit within their company or within their service that they could provide to that shipper for a win-win situation. If it's not win-win, or at least if your shipper's not winning, no one's winning because <laughs> you're not going to get the freight, okay? So you have to make sure you keep the conversation flowing. And don't be afraid to throw out other, you know, thought-provoking questions like, you know, how much money could you save if all of your trucks next week arrived or delivered on time? Or how much freight can you ship out or how much more freight can you get off the dock 
if uh, the broker you used mainly didn't, you know, drop any loads on you on the last minute, okay? And now I say that because oftentimes a pain point of a shipper that I know from experience, oftentimes a pain point of a shipper or the guy at the shipper making decisions is the annoyance with brokers because everybody and their brothers under the sun has trucks for a shipper when they're wanting to get set up, but oftentimes it's a lot different at the time of booking, okay? So you want to ask those types of questions. You want to use it to your advantage because like I said, shippers are annoyed with brokers more times than not, you know, for dropping loads at the last minute, rate increase, promising capacity not happening, um, all that jazz. Oftentimes, brokers even go MIA just as much as carriers go MIA to a, a broker. This stuff happens. And now, you know, speaking of listening to shippers and not talking all over them and all that jazz, last week, it was actually just a few days ago on Friday, um, I was having lunch with a guy, a friend in the industry, he's actually a member of our group, Freight Broker Truck Driver as well. He's actually the owner or um, a head in charge of a pretty large agency here in Phoenix. Um, can't remember what the brokerage is, but they are an agent for this brokerage. But nonetheless, we were having a conversation. He was mentioning one of their newer sales guy has a solid account pumping out the freight with a shipper lady. Great account. Uh, and they thought they actually had all the freight with that shipper. I mean, at least that's what the shipper told them. So they believed it, right? And so, so this entire time, they thought they literally were the only logistics provider for the shipper. Well, it turns out, you know, a couple of weeks after that, after landing that account, after thinking they had all the freight, one of their operations guy or like a, you know, tracker load coordinator or something called up that customer and asked some question that was, you know, you know, unrelated to any of the freight they had. And that shipper lady nonchalantly said something about a lane that that agency didn't have. Okay. Guess what that tracker did? He started to ask questions about that lane. And that lady at first was saying something like, you know what, you know, I'm sure you guys can't handle it, but we have someone covered on a dedicated lane. It's okay. Well, he did not let that stop her or him. He started asking more questions and said something in my favorite lines of, if we can save you money, but we have a chance at that lane. There's no way that shipper is going to say no. So she said yes. And you know, they talked about how they worked on a few days or whatever, but they were able to find a carrier that worked that that lane worked out for them, accommodated her rate. And guess what? They now got that rate, that lane as well. So they really have all the freight for that one shipper, you know, before they thought they did, but they didn't. But that conversation would have never happened or that extra lane would have never been produced if the ops guy wasn't having just a conversation with the shipper person having a verbal conversation with that shipper lady, because things like that don't happen over, you know, like an email. Um, it, it doesn't happen over, you know, low boards. Some things like uh, my friend Kyle Graves, he works a little bit different, you know, on the brokerage. You know, if you call him and ask about freight, he will probably tell you about all the freight he's working on the next two years. Not all brokers are like that, people, okay? This is why you have to verbally talk to your people. You have to research them, find out who they are, what they're hurting most about, what they need the most before introducing yourself to them or before offering your service to them. One thing that I hate working out a shipper, you know, I answer the phone, don't even know where my phone is to act like it. I stand the phone, start talking to them and they just start vomiting all over me with, you know, they're backed by VC capitalists, they're a debt-free company, they have 600 agents, 14 million truck drivers, blah, 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 blah. It was just like me, 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 me. Not, you know, not once did they ever mention anything how they could help me. Their macro point doesn't help me. 
them having a large net you know capacity network does not help me all that crap does not help me what would help me though is knowing that i can have 20 drop trailers you know dropped off at my shipper next week or what could help me um is knowing that all all the trucks are you know i don't know edi or whatever so they will always be on time or they're not on time i would know because of transparency or what could help me is that you ship you know 10 trucks from st louis to nashville and they go back empty every week because i may have a facility there that i need good rates on okay that's why you never ask open-ended question and that's why you always have verbal conversations and build relationships with people with freight there's that saying keep your friend close and your enemy closer yeah, that's how it works in logistics too. In this case, let's call shippers our enemies, okay? However you want to look at it. You need to just be friends with everybody who has freight because you never know if it could help you. And now I guess the main takeaways here is if you want something bad enough, you have to change your thinking so you can get it. If you don't change your thinking, you honestly won't get anything you want. I think there's a word for it. Positive thoughts equal positive results or manifest into it. I'm not one of those gurus or one of those, you know, hippie people who sit on a yoga mat and talk about positive thinkings, but I do believe in positive thoughts equal positive results. And if you think you want it bad enough, you'll work hard enough to achieve it. Just like that. Do your research, ask the right questions, you know, never ask open, you know, open-ended question. Don't expect to marry the shipper on the first date. And remember it's you, excuse me, remember it's them, not you. And lastly, find out their pain points and you can figure out ways to help them, okay? If you don't know their pain points, you can't figure out ways to help them because you didn't do enough research, okay? If you hear shippers or if you call shippers and they say anything that bugs them or anything that's bad on them, maybe a truck, a late, driver breakdown, broker dropping freight, use that to your advantage and you'd be golden. That's it. <laughs> that's all I got. Tomorrow, we have another talk break with Craig Bliss and somebody else at 6 p.m. Central Time. And uh, maybe Thursday. You know, we've been doing our talk breaks, trying to do it on Tuesday and Thursday. But it seems like everybody cancels on Thursday, but everybody's good to go on Tuesday. So hopefully, we'll be able to do it, you know, uh, without canceling tomorrow. Don't know about Thursday yet, but we get there. Hopefully, we can. If I don't, well, I will see you tomorrow. But if I don't see you Thursday, I would definitely see everybody Monday on the next Make More Money Monday, sponsored by truckstop.com. But regardless, until then, remember to say no to cheap freight, remain professional, and let's make more money in 2020. I'll see y'all later. Thank you.